Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking married money mistakes, expensive IPAs, and a better way to open and roll. some reason i thought it was going to be married money mishaps because we are going to talk about some of the different mistakes that couples make i guess they could be computer mishaps as consult well. thesaurus.com <laughs> before we started no it just that's i thought in my mind that's what it was so when you said mistakes it caught me off guard dude you enjoying this weather this is like the time of year that i call jeans and t-shirt weather where it's like you just get to be comfortable also makes me think of that community episode where abed was like the perfect temperature, and you can't even feel your skin. <laughs> you feel so at one uh-huh. with the world. And the- now, right now is the time where I, I I treat this like a game to try to not turn on the heat because like oh, to get those utilities down. Baby. Yeah, when it gets cold overnight or whatever, but like you know, warms up during the day. And so, and by the way, I don't know who whoever out there is listening who has an attic fan. Mine is actually currently broken. I got to get that thing fixed. You had one of those attic fans are ideal for this time of year because. Then when it does warm up, you need to warm the house up. You just open a few of the windows, turn on the attic fan, boom. And suck in all that cool oh air gosh. from outside. It's ideal. It's so great. <laughs> but uh, Okay, while we're talking about weather, this also makes me think, as the air temperature cools down a little bit, there's less moisture in the air. And mm-hmm. when there's less moisture in the air, that also means that there's less mold. And by proxy, there are fewer allergies that you have to deal with. This is something that I always pay attention to. Yeah, I know you're happy. We're we're really sensitive to the, I think specifically mold in our at, at our house. But uh, I take de- the, we're dealing with that so much less these days as the temperatures have cooled down. Some I freaking love it. I think I take the uh, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger thing. So I'm like, <laughs> bring it on, mold. Come on. Uh, I, miss it I guess already. it makes me stronger, but it also make, closes my sinuses. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I hate that. So. Yeah. I hey, that. let this also be your quarterly reminder to go ahead and change your your HVAC filters. There you go. Dude, all right. 
Public service lots announcements. Of, uh, <laughs> all across the board. <laughs> to start this episode off. Lots of helpful advice, even if you already decided to go ahead and tune out. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on, Matt. Let's get to the Friday flight, the sampling of stories we found interesting this week and how they pertain to your personal finances. And first up, like Americans are falling behind on their car loans. It's it's not terribly surprising, kind of given what's happened in the car market uh, recently in the past couple of years. But this is still really bad news. And so 60-day late payments have essentially tripled over the past couple of years from about 2% to 6% of borrowers. Plus, repossessions are up like 20% year over year. Yeah, that's not good. Okay, have you seen, uh, there are different accounts on Instagram that are like repo guys, whatever. Uh And they've got, so this was one. Have you seen these? No. Okay. I'll send you one. Okay. Maybe I'll I'll share one in the show notes. But dude's got like a camera set up on the back of the truck. He's got one set up inside the cab. It will blow your mind how quickly these guys are able to back into a driveway in the arms. They're like all automated uh-huh. and mechanical. So he doesn't even get out. Ooh. And it just like literally scoops up the car and drives off. It's really impressive. But I could also not imagine any worse job than being the repo man, oh, no. being the the deliverer of I, bad news. And sometimes folks come out and they're oh, like, yeah, hey, you know. I had a friend who did that for a while. Really? Yeah. Not a great oh job. Gosh. No, yeah. I would not want that. Even if I could stay in the cab while <laughs> <laughs> with the doors locked. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh, so, okay, geez. so so th- that this this is just all bad economic news, right? And obviously, it was the massive run up in car prices alongside these much higher financing costs. Sure, th- those seems like like the likely culprits to me, right? People have they've locked themselves into higher monthly payments. They're having a, a tough time making them each month because they bit off more than they could chew. And so uh, there was a little bit of good news that came out this week, right? We're starting to see a, a bit of a pullback in the cost of used cars we've been seeing that mm-hmm. tesla is you know has really led a price cut charge in the ev marketplace and that's brought down the cost of new and used evs but we are still in this era of overpriced automobiles so our advice to you is to be careful uh out there when you're considering buying a new to you vehicle whether it's brand new or used we want folks to be really conservative on this front because we don't want you to be in a position in a position where one of your other payments gets out of whack and you've over committed to a big old car payment and then you can't afford it uh because that results in so many things and and, and losing a car uh, if you get a car repossessed or if you you're making late payments on it, it affects your credit but also if your car gets repossessed you can't get to work either which yeah. is a big problem it's a big deal and so the best way to avoid this is to not take out a car loan at all we would recommend for folks to pay cash for whatever ride that you're getting when that thing is yours when you have the title to that car uh, that's not something that, that they can take away yeah, it's just grand theft auto when someone tries to take your car then <laughs> but we understand that not everyone is in the position to pay cash uh, and so at the very least just make sure that you have a solid down payment in order to bring to the table so that you're able to keep your payments uh, so that you're able to keep your uh, the length of your loan reasonable so like a 42 month loan those are the longest we want you to to even consider and we don't even love that again Cash is the total is totally the way to go, mm-hmm. uh, but if you absolutely have to take on debt to make that purchase, look to a credit union to get your financing because you're going to typically get the best terms, you're going to get the best rates. But if you have to stretch out that loan length in order to to be able to afford the payments, you need to buy a more affordable car. Yeah. This this is not the kind of purchase where we want you to financially sacrifice in order to get something that's a little bit nicer because oftentimes it comes down more to what it is that you feel 
you want, or actually you've convinced yourself to get it because because it's something that you feel that you need, yeah. uh, and it's more of a consumptive move rather than uh, something that is necessary. Yeah, I think that's true. When you look at the numbers, a lot of people say, "Well, I need to stretch to get the nicer vehicle because then I get to stay out, out of the mechanics mechanic shop because that's going to cost me so much money." But the truth is, if you get that used car inspected by a mechanic, you can know kind of what you're getting into, not fully, but you can you can be well aware of the potential problems that you're buying up front. And if you look at the numbers from a site like Consumer Reports, the average annual cost of even something like a 10-year-old car that rates decently on reliability ratings, well, the annual cost of, of maintenance on that car is going to be less than one car payment a on a brand new car. month's car payment. Yeah. So if you actually exactly. look at the numbers, they'll maybe hopefully dissuade you from that belief. And you're like, I guess, all right, I guess I am going with the older car that's in decent shape as opposed to... T- talking myself, tricking myself mm-hmm. into getting the new one. But that's not what people remember. What they remember is the one time they're on the side of the road and they think, never again do right. I want to be in a position like that. And they apply that to all future car purchases. That's, that's why people stay away from real estate investing. They're like, I've heard the 10 door stories, the talk calls at 3 a.m. And you're like, it happens once every eight years. Like, th- yep. it's 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 truly a, a great way to invest for a whole lot of folks. But they hear that one story or they have that one memory and they're like, yeah, not, not going in that direction. Mm-hmm. So don't let that be you. All right, uh, Matt, I know Halloween is next next week, but let's talk about Thanksgiving for a second, and specifically where you should shop for groceries in order to save on Thanksgiving staples. And the two places that we would highlight right now are Walmart and Aldi as some of the places to go. Yeah, boy. Why? Well, because both of these grocery discounters, they've announced plans to offer pricing similar to what they offered last year, despite the reality of inflation. So Walmart plans to offer turkey for less than a dollar a pound. Well, they're slashing other prices too. And Aldi has said that they're going to be slashing prices by up to 50% on more than 70 items. And this special holiday pricing starts November 1st at both stores. And it's just, it's worth taking a look at their ads before you venture into the store and then doing some comparison shopping before you actually get out there. Uh, And there's actually an app that helps make that easy. It's flip.com, F-L-I-P-P.com. But we've we've always been big fans of Aldi. And they, especially when you're talking about, yeah, these these holiday staples, the thing you you guys are, a lot of folks, a lot of families are going to be eating uh, a lot of over the next couple of months. Well, those things are going to be a whole lot cheaper, those those holiday staples. Yeah. Plus, it's never too soon to talk about Thanksgiving. You got to start planning, start budgeting for, because it's an expensive meal. Yeah. I guarantee most folks, uh, November grocery budget is a good bit larger yeah. than other months of the year. Actually, we had a newsletter section recently about loss leaders and the whole point of keeping some items artificially cheap maybe even losing money on the sale of those particular items is to get folks in the door and to spend more on other things. Aldi and Walmart, they might even be pricing some of these items so low that they're just breaking even in order to attract new customers because a lot of folks potentially have been avoiding the stores. Uh, But the truth is where it is that you shop makes a massive difference in your overall grocery bill. And uh, of course, Aldi is one of our all-time faves. If you live near one and you haven't ventured in yet, I think this is a, a perfect opportunity to give it a go. In this case, we would say, go ahead and fall for the marketing. <laughs> because ultimately, it's going to end up saving you a ton of money were you to stick around. Well, the Aldi marketing is based, is, is based on facts. Yes. Right? They basically yeah. say, look at the receipt from, from our grocery store to the other ones, and you're going to save 30 plus percent. So yeah. you know, when we, we moved talked up here, about Aldi in a while, by the way. We haven't. Yeah. When we moved up here, we started shopping at Aldi less because we were hitting up Costco. And I think we talked about this a few months in after 
like literally maybe around a year ago, uh, I think we we're talking about it because I was complaining about how high our grocery bill had gotten because we were going to Costco. And I think that encouraged slightly more consumption mm-hmm. in the past couple months. We've uh, I've noticed there have been way more Aldi entries on our monthly budget and bring, bringing the price down. Not surprisingly, we've seen that price come down, not a full 30 percent. But I don't know, make closer to like 15, 20% less than previous months as yeah. well. So. Yeah, and, and it's also important to mention, Matt, for all the newbies, that they've got the twice as nice guarantee. So if you end up buying some items that you don't really love, you can take them back that's right. get your money back. So yeah. that's that's one of the great things about Aldi. Plus, but, uh, you can get in and out so quick. That's another, I mean, there's so many great things about Yeah, it. but give credit where it's due. Uh, of course, Costco has an amazing return policy yes. as well. And they stand behind their items. That's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two, two great places to shop. One One's going to cost you more than the other, but they also might provide additional value. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Matt. The uh, the National Bureau of Economic Research, they just released a study and it found that married couples are leaving money on the table when it comes to investing for retirement. This is specifically talking about married couples and a mistake that they're making and I was surprised so, to see married money mishaps. How many Yeah, that's right. How <laughs> many people are actually making this mistake? We talk a lot about making sure that you get the full company match in your workplace retirement account. That's obviously a big deal. That's additional dollars that your employer is is saying, "Hey, listen, we're going to help subsidize your future retirement, but you got to contribute a certain uh, amount in order to get that subs- that those subsidized dollars." And the only reason to leave money on the table and not take the full match is if you haven't been able to co- cobble together the $2,467 e-fund first. That's the first most important step in kind of rebuilding your personal finances. But once you do that, Maxing out the match becomes a top priority, but this study, it found that one quarter of couples, they're not getting the full match they're entitled to. One spouse, apparently the the reason for this is because one spouse is contributing to their 401k or 403b, and maybe the other isn't. And so it's not even the fact that like these couples aren't contributing enough total. It's that they've just prioritized one account over the other for some reason. And because of that, they're leaving the the match from one of the uh, spouse's employers completely underutilized. They're forsaking that match. Maybe they're contributing instead of like 6% to one and 6% to the other, they're contributing 12% to one and 0% to the other. And that's a big mistake. Sure. Yeah. And this ends up costing couples a ton of money. It's actually close to $700 a year on average that they're giving up. That's before we talk about compounding and how much I that can know. become over the years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's all about allocation of those contributions, like you're saying. They're saving too much just in one of those accounts and pretty much zero dollars in the other. Uh, I think oftentimes different, you know, like you enter into a relationship, you've got a significant other and something like this, I think can easily happen because you tend to gravitate towards what you're good at. You've got Mm -hmm. your specialized roles. And if you don't have healthy communication regard uh, surrounding your finances, this, I I feel like this is something that could completely fall through the cracks, but it's a pretty major thing (laughs) to be falling through those cracks. And so balancing out those contributions so that both of you are getting the full match that you're both entitled to is incredibly crucial. So if you're married, make sure that you both know what the match is from your employer uh, at your respective workplaces. And then just dial back the contributions in one of those accounts if it means that you're going to be able to dial them up at the other. The goal there is, of course, to get the full match at both. You don't want to leave that money on the table, and that is Mm -hmm. the easiest way to make sure uh, that you are contributing enough towards your retirement. Yeah, if you were to ask me to guess what percentage of couples are doing this, I would have said 10%. The fact that one in four, 25% of couples are doing, it's just a misallocation of funds and they're missing out on free matching money 
because of it, that that's a big problem and that needs to change quickly. Yeah. So it's a really good idea to revisit, log into those accounts, know what your work player, uh, your, what your employer uh, offers, mat what their matches, like you said, yeah. and then adjust accordingly. And that's the thing though too. We so we talked about the the advantage of auto enrollment and how so many more millennials are saving more towards their retirement. What that means though is that fo- that that we're not looking at our accounts. We're just letting it ride. And so that unfortunately means that if you are not set up optimally from the beginning, I think that honestly means there's less of a chance of somebody going back, making some of those corrections. Yeah. So another little PSA, log in and make sure that you are getting that full match. But uh, Joel, we've got additional stories to get to. We're going to talk about why IPAs are getting a little more expensive here as well. we will shed a tear on that one. I know. We've got more stories here right after the break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt, the Friday flight continues. And of course, we always got to get to our ludicrous headline of the week at the very beginning of the second segment of the Friday flight. This one comes from Business Insider. And the headline reads, why now is actually a good time to buy a house. And this one 
made me click, Matt, I'm not going to lie, because I was like, huh? It in defies my- all logic in my brain. <laughs> Please tell me. Should I go out there and buy another house? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me why all the stats I've seen and everything else I've read points to the exact opposite conclusion. I was like, am I missing something? Am I like Mugatu in Zoolander? Am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> that's that's kind of where I felt like reading this article. It seems like from where I'm sitting, it's the worst time in recent memory to buy. But Business Insider is saying the opposite. And so this article, it even admits that they were literally at peak unaffordability in the home buying market. And so I guess uh, for them to insinuate that now is such a great time to buy just seemed really silly to me. There's certainly a chance, this is kind of what they were hinting at, that listings continue to shrink because of continuing affordability declines, right? So if we see fewer homes on the market, then we're gonna see prices continue to increase and that it's actually gonna be harder to buy a home at some point is what they're saying. Uh, And if rates go down, they say we're likely to see more buyers, more competition in the home buying space. But the truth is, like 2009 to 2021 were great times to buy a home. 2023. That is, was a good time to buy a home. That was a great time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I'm just surprised. Today, not so much. We had like 12 years of good years to buy a home. 2023, it's a lot dicier. The truth is, you better make sure that you plan to own a home for a minimum of seven years if you do opt to buy a home right now, because where the market goes from here, it's hard to decipher. Like, we just don't really know what the market in 2024 is is going to hold. We're actually going to talk to a real estate expert here in a few weeks and kind of get 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 his thoughts on that based on the data. But it's it, you read a headline like this, and I think it's going to cause a lot of people to say, great, I'll keep looking. But uh, the reality is murkier than the headline on this, in this case. Yeah, you never know what you might come across. But yeah, I mean, the fact is, unless home prices decrease significantly because the demand is so low, because interest rates are so high, then like the only advantage I think is for cash buyers. Yeah. And which, by the way, there's a surprisingly high number of transactions that are taking place that are all cash. There's something like 30% usually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not surprisingly a whole lot of boomers who have that money on hand. But uh, even though that's 30% of sales today, that's still, you're still looking at 60, 70% of folks who are looking to finance their home and mm-hmm. where the mortgage rate does have a massive impact. Uh, but the truth is, there's also never been a worse time to buy instead of rent a home. That's the case for most markets around the country. Uh, and the gap between what it is that you'll pay for the mortgage versus what you pay for rent for a similar spot, it's massive right now in many cities. And that's part of the reason a significant percentage of home buyers are backing out of more deals right now than they were 12 to 18 months ago. Yeah, like that graph why, like spiked. <laughs> yes, yeah. Why actually go through, why buy that overpriced house when you can just keep renting, keep your budget intact? I think a lot of folks, maybe they went, they started house shopping a couple months ago and maybe they finally found a place and they're like, oh, sweet, we're going to buy it. And then they sit down with their lender. Yeah. They see where interest rates are. They get the estimated monthly payment and they're like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> we can't do that. It's like 500 bucks more than I thought it was going to go. Like a thousand dollars more, depending on when they first started looking. But of course, real estate is hyper local and so much of it depends on your specific market, where it is that you live. And, and we've always said that whether or not buying a home makes sense it's going to be more about your specific personal finance situation and your timeline. It's going to be much less about timing the market. Don't assume that prices are going to continue to soar and that you're just going to be building tons of equity from day one, uh, because that may not be the case. It might be the case. And maybe a year from now, we'll look back and say, oh man, remember how good the, I don't think we'll say the market was good October of 2023, but 
rates could be higher and home prices could be even more expensive. Yeah, you never true. know. You really don't. You really don't. And that's why we, you and I, we tried not to make predictions. We try not to make predictions ever. Yeah. But we talked about when everyone was predicting like this massive decline in home prices, we actually didn't really agree with that. And that hasn't actually been the case. We have not seen significant price declines in the real estate market, at least in most of the country. There are some rare exceptions in a few of those towns that experienced significant booms like Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, but but by the way, one, one answer to this for folks who really want to buy a home is that builders are opting to build smaller homes right now, even in the suburbs and in the exurbs. And so uh, so the further out you get, it used to be the bigger the homes would become, the bigger lots that you had to build on. But still, builders are now saying, okay, one way that we can meet the demand for home buyers uh, is, is to create smaller, less expensive homes. And who knew that it would take an affordability crisis in the housing market to incentivize the building of smaller homes that we've actually needed in this country for, for so many years? I, I love seeing this because home sizes have been growing for decades. McMansions have become kind of normal and just homes have become ridiculous in this country in so many ways and that's also impacted affordability and we need more homes and building more smaller homes makes sense to me and then those smaller homes they cost less typically right that means you have to save up less of a down payment that means your ongoing monthly mortgage payment is reduced and on that note by the way it's more happy people that's right more happy people (laughs) who actually get into the house they want to buy in a community that they're thrilled they're thrilled to be in uh, because uh, but and they don't have as much home to take care of either and Matt, on the down payment mm-hmm. note, by the way, Freddie Mac has rolled out a down payment assistance tool. It's called DPA One. It streamlines all of the programs that exist in one place, which is like hundreds and hundreds, apparently. And so we're going to link to some of the specifics on this program in the show notes. But you should ask your lender about this. If you are, it's kind of like a scholarship almost for college. These are local, often local programs that help people, especially first-time home buyers, with some money for that down payment. There are certain qualifications that those folks typically have to meet, but this I love that usually you have to hunt and peck for it yourself on the internet and try to find that stuff, but this new program is going to mean it's going to be easier to match the buyer with the program that they qualify for. That's right. Okay, so did you file your your taxes when the extension the tax filing extension October 15th? Yeah, yeah. We fi- I filed like early October. So I had to do the extension, but then we finally got it done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Only so, for tax season to roll around in, you know, just a few months now. Yeah, it's, it's right around it the corner. Feels like it's never ending. So I'm mentioning this because, so we mentioned last year that the IRS was considering launching its own tax software. Well, this is actually something that is actually happening. It's not vaporware. And so it's important to note, this goes beyond the free file site where you can file your federal taxes for free. If you meet certain income thresholds. Yeah, right? th- yeah. this is beyond the partnerships that they've made with some of the different companies as well, where you're able to file f- for free via those companies. This is a proprietary IRS direct filing system that's going to be launched in, I think, 13 states at the beginning of next year. And also, this is, again, only for folks who basically have a a really simple, straightforward tax situation. Uh, But for the time being, this service is only going to cover your federal tax return. It's not going to cover your states. But I'm curious to see how well this actually is, how the rollout, how effective it is, how successful it is, and how the IRS might be able to improve this moving forward. I don't have my fingers crossed because even the IRS, when they... Like when they launched the the private public partnership, I think it was like twenty years ago with with the other companies. They even said themselves that we've seen historically that the private market essentially is able to provide better results than than what we're able to. But they've changed their tune, yeah. I guess, over the past <laughs> twenty years. And that, that, 
rightly so, they have seen the hurdles when it comes to folks like TurboTax and some of the other companies out there basically doing like a bait and switch mm-hmm. where they're advertising, hey, it's going to be free. Or maybe they just weren't being as transparent as to what was going to be free. And then folks ended up having to pay more on yeah. the back end. There's a lot of a lot of marketing from from some of those private tax filing software companies that doesn't quite ring true when you get to the yeah. checkout, right? For now, it's probably best for the time being to roll with Cash App taxes. We're huge fans of that, which allows you to file both state and federal returns for free. Uh, you can even do that. You can go to the IRS free file site next year. You can even just fill out the forms directly there as well. Or if you have a more complicated tax situation, just hire a pro. Yeah. This is one of those situations where we feel that the money that you pay for a tax professional, given the ever-changing landscape of taxes, that it would be worth every penny. Yeah, it's 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 money well spent for most people. Mm-hmm. The more complicated, there's just so many dollars it could cost you, and so it's cheap, not frugal to avoid paying money to someone who's a pro, who's who's like you know, up to the latest. That's right. On what's going on? And Matt, yeah, you and I with rental properties and all this stuff, it gets more complicated. So I'm I'm more than happy to pass that off to somebody else and to pay them money. That's right. To do my taxes for me. Um, all right, let, let's talk about open enrollment for a second. We're kind of right in prime open enrollment season. Yours has either already begun or it's about to. And most folks tend to stick with whatever they've currently got. They just kind of roll it over to the next year. They don't really make changes. But we would tell you to to run the numbers and to question whether or not that's still your best bet, especially as healthcare prices continue to rise. And particularly if you have any life changes on the horizon, like you're getting married, having a baby, you need to think longer and harder about what you're choosing. And by the way, if you experience one of those qualifying life events, you're allowed to change your plan even if it's not open enrollment season, but you're still going to want to plan ahead, let's say, for the birth. If you're like, we're having a kid, uh, we can change it once the kiddo comes. We still want to plan ahead because there's a lot of other you know, healthcare expenses you're going you're gonna to encounter, you're going to incur in advance of the birth. But one of the biggest money-saving questions worth asking is whether or not a high-deductible healthcare plan makes sense for you. If you're healthy... It likely is. You're, you're going to need to make sure you can self-insure, though, for those potentially higher out-of-pocket costs that you might run into. But you'll likely be able to save a decent chunk of change on those monthly premiums if you elect to get the high-deductible health care plan as opposed to one with a lower deductible but higher premiums. And so uh, our suggestion would be, like, don't let the tail wag the dog here. You always want to step back and look at the broader picture. You want to be able to see, like, where are you at from a healthcare perspective right now? Where do you think you're likely to be? in a year and you want to run the numbers to kind of see what is what's going to most likely benefit you overall and matt the beautiful thing about choosing a high deductible healthcare plan if you're one of those people who doesn't frequent the doctor as much is you have access to to yours and mine one of our all-time favorite retirement accounts that gets such so little publicity the hsa is that yeah that's what i'm talking about that's right yeah and uh i mean limits pretty much always go up uh whether it be on I, don't, I shouldn't say always go up, but they're definitely going up next year. And so that's an additional $8,300 for a family that you can put towards retirement, even though it's called a health savings account. We look at it as like a, an actual retirement account because of the triple tax advantage and the fact that you can hold off taking dollars out of, out of that account until you are actually ready to retire. Yeah, we've got a, an article listing out exactly how HSAs work and how you can invest in one, use it to your advantage when saving for retirement. It's it's the only account that doesn't where you'll never get taxed on the money that goes in or that comes out. So it's mm-hmm. a pretty sweet tool if you use it properly. We'll link to that in the show notes. That's pretty great. And last but not least, this is some news that uh, makes us sad, Joel. But IPAs are evidently going to be getting more expensive. Insider, they report that a warm, I guess a warm summer caused the hop crop 
in certain hop varieties to see a reduced yield, which is going to lead to higher costs for those hops, making obviously you know it's a trickle down effect, right? Like if hot if fewer hops, that's going to increase the demand for that limited supply of hops, and breweries are going to be charged more, and they're in turn are often charging us yeah. more money, which means I'm just going to stop drinking beer. Uh, I doubt you, I doubt that's true. But maybe you'll switch <laughs> tired, to Pilsners. I'm tired of those those rising prices, Joel. I don't like the fact that it's adding inches to my waistline. <laughs> tired of that delicious hop flavor in my mouth, and uh, I, I'm done with it. Well, I I know that's not true. I know you're joking. But I will say, like even you and I, craft beers are craft beer equivalent. And there are price points where I have refused to buy beer because it's just too darn expensive. Like I've seen some pack, four packs that are like thirty bucks a four pack, and I'm like, sorry, that's too much. Uh, I'll spend like twenty two bucks on a four pack, but I'll, I'll spend thirty dollars on a four pack at least once. Yeah, maybe <laughs> and, once. And see, and see how amazing it is, and yeah. if it's not amazing, then all right, you know. Yeah, but I think this I'm, is. I'm totally willing. This could this could cause me to drink different styles of beer if the IPA costs go up. Yeah, more. I'll still drink some IPAs, but maybe yeah. I'll drink less. Yeah, we found a way to talk about beer, even though it's a Friday flight. <laughs> <laughs> when you and I don't normally enjoy one during these episodes. But uh, that's going to be it for this episode. We hope everyone has an awesome weekend. I just saw that my, my phone's blowing up a little bit. Sounds like the ladies are planning a date night for the four of us uh, tomorrow. So looking forward to grabbing dinner with you tomorrow, Should buddy. Should be nice. <laughs> uh, but that's going to be it for this one, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.